I know there is one, one source, one power in this universe. And you can call it universal mind, the one source, energy, or God. And this presence, this source, this God is always available, always present, always, always there, and always saying yes. And each and every one of us is that, has that, shows up as that God. God is us, as us, through us, always, always available, always present. God is in every thing in this universe and beyond, the trees, the blade of grass, the the sunshine, the flowers, the buds on the trees, our neighbors, those that we love, and those that challenge us. It's all God, always, all the time. And when we are in that space, we are so powerful. That true essence of us, our God essence, our natural state, the being that we are inside is love, is compassion, is gratitude, is forgiveness, is inclusivity. It is all of that, all the time, and it is always available for us. We see it in a, and hear it in a child's laugh. That is love. That is God. Puppies, that is God. That is love. All of that, our goodness in us. And when we tap into that, we, we experience unconditional love. And not only us experiencing it ourselves, it permeates out. It spreads. And the more we tap into that, the more love we surround ourselves with and surround others with. And it is so powerful. And we see it and we feel it and we know it when we are in that space. And our, again, our natural state is prosperity, Perfect health, perfect love, just perfect. Kindness, compassion, peace, and ultimately, oneness. That we are all one. No separation. No me, no you. All one. All us. Throughout this community, the greater community, this world, this universe, and beyond, all one. And I'm so grateful for the knowing of this and for being right here, right now, with the gods that I see. And each and every one of us is precious, necessary. And when one of us is not here, there is a gap. So we are all here as one. So I am so grateful, so grateful for each of us. And I release this into the law that always says yes, knowing it is done, it is complete. It is. 
It just is. And with love and gratitude, together we can say, and so it is. I have a talk on oneness today, but before I give the talk on oneness, another talk downloaded this morning. Whenever you're a minister, it's like, you know, you write, you sit there on, on all week long, you're kind of letting it percolate and develop. And then on Saturday, I, I sit down and I put it all together. And then on Sunday morning, Spirit comes and rearranges the whole thing. So that was one of those mornings. Uh, one of my mentors used to walk out on, on, and say, okay, my talk today is supposed to be about this. And what I want to say about that is this. But what I really want to talk about is, yeah, this is actually just a, a small talk. Yesterday, some of you know that it was a very special day. Groundhog's Day. Kathy Ann, Reverend Kathy Ann up in, in uh, Seattle spent years trying to make this the official high holy day of new thought. <laughs> you know, Christianity has its high holy days. Islam has its high holy days. Jews have their high holy days. Hindus and Buddhists and all the, you know, everybody has their high holy days. Religious science doesn't. And so she was trying to get that as the high holy day. I don't think it ever quite completely caught on, but, but it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful metaphor Groundhog. Because we all have groundhog consciousness. <clears throat> we live in comfortable burrows. Some are large, some are small, and I'm not talking about the physical house you live in. Consciousness, burrow. Until one day we get called out or we get pushed out. Anybody besides me ever get pushed out? And we encounter something big and bright called the light. And we can respond to it, you know, in a couple of different ways. First of all, it's bright and scary, right? We've been in the dark for a really long time, whatever level of darkness. Michael Beckwith used to say, um, we're all asleep. Some of us are heavy sleepers, deep sleepers. Some of us are lighter sleepers. But we're all asleep and we're in the process of waking up to some degree. And so we start to wake up and, and we can see this big bright light, but something worse happens than that. Our shadow shows up. Now, we spend most of our lives trying to hide our shadow, right? Come on. Yes. Okay? And we spend most of our lives trying to hide from our shadow. Yes. So we come out of this, this burrow, and we can either focus on the shadow. And you see, the thing is, anytime light shows up, what shows up? Shadow. And we choose which one to focus on. See, shadow is neither good nor bad. Think of life without having any shadows at all. You can find your way around on anything. Because it's the shadow that defines objects. So you wouldn't know what to avoid, and you wouldn't know what to reach out for. We could do without color. There are people who do. But we can't do without shadow. Take a breath. So our shadow is just our shadow. All of us have one. Some of us have several. All of us have a shadow side, don't we? Come on. Okay. So we need to focus on the light when we encounter it. We can either say, you know what, I'm going to turn my attention here instead, or we can go back and hide in our burrow. Unfortunately, once we try to go back and hide in our burrow, we discover that it no longer contains us. It's too small, it stinks, it's just, yeah, we can't fit in there anymore once we've been out and experienced the beautiful fresh air and the light. And so I invite us to be brave groundhogs. 
courageous groundhogs and step into the light when we have the opportunity. I was looking yesterday for a particular quote from a a writer, and I didn't find the quote I was looking for, but I did find this other quote, which I thought was very enlightening. This, and he says, this, I thought, is what is meant by thy will be done in the Lord's Prayer, which I had prayed time and again without thinking about it. It means that your will and God's may not be the same. It means that there's a good possibility that you won't get what you pray for, and it means that in spite of your prayers, you are going to suffer. Now, many of us have the idea that God's will involves suffering, including this gentleman. And I disagree. The suffering happens when we try to hang on to our will. I want the Seahawks in the Super Bowl today. (laughs) But no matter what, it's not God's will, right? Or not the Seahawks' will or somebody's will. It's not happening. But we do that. It's like, I want it my way. Anybody besides me? Just, you can just do like this if you don't want to be really public about it. Yeah, okay. I see you and I, I appreciate you. Can we let go, but also realize that God's will is always for greater and greater good? We're not surrendering into suffering. We're surrendering into an expanded expression of our excellence, of our God nature. And sometimes we have to get out of our burrows in order to do that. In fact, let me rephrase that. It's not sometimes. We always have to get out of our burrows to do that. So I want to invite you this week, this month, to come out of your burrows and into the spring of life. That's that talk. Now I want to talk about oneness. And they're sort of the same. Well, everything's always the same. Because there is only oneness. Last week we explored, our, or last month we explored our kind of foundation of our spirituality. We're looking this whole year at the theme of moving spirituality into action. Moving it into action. And so we wanted to have a clear picture of the foundation of that. If you missed those talks, they're available on our website, on the podcast, you can listen to those. One of the core things we saw out of that is there's only one. There's only one, whatever name we give it. I love that song because it, it has all those different expressions of God, uh, uh, including no God. You know, whatever name we give it, whatever that is, that there is something out beyond us, greater than us, and yet right here within us. It's both infinitely out there and deeply, personally, extremely right here within each of us. So there is no other in truth. When we really speak of it, there is no other. You and I right now are one. We have individualized expressions, and our uniqueness is so valuable and important. But at the same time, at the same time as we are unique, we are also one. One of my teachers used to say that if you're not talking paradox, you're not talking about God. And so God is both this and this, which seem to be opposite simultaneously. And so we are one. Rumi put it this way, one of my favorite Rumi poems, I've used it many times before, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there's a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make any sense. 
when we move out from our kind of this or that thinking, either or thinking, there is someplace else to be. And this truth has been known in all cultures. That's why Rumi can write about it. That's why religious science can talk about it. That's why Buddhism can talk about it. Islam, <coughs> Judaism, Christianity, God is one. All of that. In the Hindu tradition, there's an idea known as Indra's net. I think we have a slide coming up here in a moment. Indra's net. The idea of Indra's net is that the universe is an entire vast, infinite net of threads that run throughout the universe. The horizontal threads are in space. The vertical threads are in time. At the intersection of each thread is a jewel. And each jewel is a point of consciousness. You and I. All beings. In fact, in some ideas of it, it's every atom is a jewel. And then because of the highly polished nature of each of these jewels, each jewel reflects all the others and is reflected in all others, all the others. Thus, what is done to one jewel is done to all the jewels. We are simultaneously individual and totally interconnected. I'm going to take a moment where we can experience that, to give us the opportunity to have an experience of that. So I invite you to close your eyes for a moment and take a deep breath. And center your awareness in your heart space. Move it out of your mind, out of your brain, out of your head. Move it to your heart. Just for a moment, imagine that you are there in your heart. And then, if you will, either imagine or perhaps become aware of the threads that connect your heart to every heart in this room. We're sitting here in an interconnected series of threads, connecting all of our hearts. And then become aware that we move into the children's room, and they're also connected with us. And we move out beyond this campus into the streets and realize that all those hearts are connected. The homeless person and the person working to relieve homelessness, all are connected. We bring people to mind, people we love, and realize that we are connected by these threads. We bring people to mind, people that, as the Dalai Lama calls them, sacred friends, the challenging ones, as as Marlisa put it in her beautiful opening prayer. We bring them to mind and realize that we are all jewels reflecting each other, interconnected. And if this goes out beyond this planet, it includes the entire planet, everything on this planet, the planet itself, And then far, far, far out. All interconnected. See these beautiful golden threads. Breathe. And take a moment, if you will, to simply 
Think of love. And allow love to be your reflection out to all the other jewels in this net. No conditions, no judgments, just love. Then take a deep breath. Become aware of your heart and the jewel that you are sitting in the seat that you're sitting in. And realize that you may let go for a moment of the awareness of the interconnection, but the connection is still there. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes and be fully present in this room. As we look at moving spirituality into action, it's essential to remember there are no good guys, bad guys. There is no other. There are only ideas that are arising and being reflected in each other. We also see that our work isn't to change the out there, but to allow the ideas to arise within us that we want to reflect out into the world. Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change you want to see. Be the change you want to see. The Dalai Lama in the book, Beyond Religion, Ethics for the New Millennium, which is our theme book for this month, says, self and others can only really be understood in terms of relationship. We see that self-interest and others' interests are closely interrelated. Indeed, within this picture of dependently originated reality, this is a Buddhist term, dependent uh, origination, meaning that everything arises collectively. In science of mind, we like to say that there's only one mind. We use it. But we are points of consciousness in the one mind, even though we feel like, oh, I'm doing that. It's really a dependent originality. We see that there is no self-interest completely unrelated to others' interests. Due to the fundamental interconnectedness which lies at the heart of reality, your interest is also my interest. From this, it becomes clear that my interest and your interest are intimately connected. In a deep sense, they converge. The quote that I was looking for and I didn't find basically said, we used to think that what was good for us was good for the world, but we had it backwards. What's good for the world is good for us. We also have to recognize that the ideas that are being reflected around us, watch the news lately? No. (laughs) Or you know about the news lately? Also live within us and reflect from us. Take a breath. So thus, ideas like racism, sexism, all those ideas, all that stuff, all these ideas which are just based on otherness, the idea of separation and fear, unconnectedness, 
fear of that perceived other, all that still lives within us. This is why I say we all have groundhog consciousness within us. We all have a shadow within us. The question is, as the Native Americans would ask, what wolf are we going to feed? Our work then isn't even to battle or fight these ideas within us. We don't have to battle them out there. We don't even have to battle or fight them in here. Rather, it's to allow the light of truth, of oneness, of love, of peace, of, of, of this which we truly believe, to arise within us and express out. It's to say, no, I'm not going to participate in that idea anymore. I'm going to choose this one and allow this to be what I, as this jewel in the net, am reflecting out, am sending out. Knowing that it gets reflected in every other jewel, consciously or unconsciously. The light overcomes the darkness not by fighting it. You know, when, you, when we flipped on the light switch here this morning, there wasn't a big battle that happened. I don't think. Max, was there a big battle that happened in here this morning? When you, he says no. Light overcomes darkness simply by just being light. Because darkness is just simply the absence of light. So all that we do, I'm going to say that again, all that we do, God, I hate that, but it's true, affects all that is. Alan Watts used to say, there isn't a baby that burps in Mill Valley that doesn't affect the farthest distant star. There's an idea that the flapping of a butterfly wings stirs the winds. Let us bring mindfulness to our inner and outer landscape. Let us bring mindfulness. Let us pay attention to what am I thinking? What am I putting out here? See, I, I, um, <clears throat> when I bought my new car, I, I, I put a personalized license plate on it that says CSL Rev D. So it kind of identifies me as you know, for anybody who can figure that out, the minister at the Center for Spiritual Living or something like that. And it also has a little bumper sticker on it that says, Be Love. Okay? So I can't drive down the road and when I want to wave at people with one finger, it's, it's the one kind of in the middle there, because I've got this bumper sticker on because I, I called myself to a higher identity, a higher consciousness, a higher way of being. I know, it's tough sometimes, let me tell you. The temptation is there but I don't actually fall into the temptation 99.99% of the time. We have to choose to be the light in the world. No matter how much darkness there is around us, the light that is within us, because it's not your light and my light. It's not our individual, oh my God, I've got to be the light because I'm struggling about this and I've got to overcome the darkness somehow. It's no, it's we let the light that is already dependently originating, that is already present, that is already the truth, arise and be and express through us. We just simply open to the flow. I think last week Buffy gave the prayer that said, we open the the spill gates of our dam and allow the water to flow. We allow this light to flow, this love to flow. We don't have to make the light happen. We just simply have to be willing to let that which is within us flow. And so we bring mindfulness of being a place of love, of being a place of peace, of being a place of harmony into our daily lives, into our moment-to-moment lives. 
know, I've joked about that I oftentimes have arguments with people when I'm at home, and those people aren't in the home with me. Okay? And it's even, you know, saying, no, I choose to be at peace with this person. I choose to, if I have some condemnation about them, let it go. And so when we do that, we best reflect ourselves, our nature, into the universe. And that is our work. That is our work. To move spirituality into action, to be a greater force for good in the world, we simply choose to be who we truly are. So this week, I want to invite you to do two spiritual practices, just two. First one is to pay attention to what you're reflecting. Pay attention. What am I putting out there? You know, some people use a a timer that goes off, say, once an hour on their watch, and they ask the question, what am I doing right now? What am I thinking? Where am I at right now? I remember uh, some of you have taken the Prosperity Plus class. Mary Morrissey talks about that every time she would touch a handle, Think how many handles you touch during the day. Car handles, door handles, you know, all that stuff. All the handles. She would ask herself the question, how am I handling this moment? Isn't that a great little trigger? Find yourself a trigger to just spontaneously say, what am I thinking in this moment? Bring myself to mindfulness. Because if you're like me, you get off of mindfulness every once in a while. I mean, I know most of you are really mindful, like probably 80% of your days, but maybe the 20% when you're not completely, fully, mindfully paying attention. So pay attention to what you're doing. And if it's something you don't want to be reflecting in all the jewels of the universe, stop it. it. (laughs) Quite literally. That's what I wrote down here. Stop it. (laughs) Those of you who've seen the, uh, who is it, Bill? uh, No. Huh? Bob Newhart. Yeah. Little video. Stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) Or I'll bury you in a box. But stop it. Stop doing that reflection and choose something else instead. That's the thing. It isn't just stop it. It's replace it with. Develop a new pattern. Replace it with something else. And I'm going to give you a challenge. You want a challenge with this spiritual practice? Start it right after this talk. Right after this talk. In the last week and a half, I've had two different people who have told me, you know, I walk out of here and I'm out there in the, in the breezeway, whatever you call it, the social area. Is that, and you'd think that there were people who never heard the talk you just gave. And I remember at a former church I was at, I'd have new people who would come. They'd come a few times. And on the way out, you know, on the last time they would ever come, they'd look at me and say, David, I love you and I love your talks and I love this philosophy. But I go into the social hall over there. And there are things being said there that are just, you know, cutting and not nice and stuff like that. So what do you want to reflect? This is a community of love. This is a community of abundant good. And so reflect that. So that's my challenge, my extra little challenge for you. Start it as soon as you walk out that door or before, as soon as you walk out of your, the circle that we do at the end. You okay with that? Take a breath. The second practice, then, is ask, what do I want to express more of in the universe? Now, you can already be expressing it. Everybody here expresses love in the universe. I know that. I know that about you. What do I want to, do I want to express more love? Do I want to express more peace? Do I want to express more joy? What would be (coughs) getting out of my burrow and into the light for me? 
and start to express that. Begin to build that as a new habit, as a way of being. So that's our two practices. Pay attention to what you're reflecting, and two, choose what you want to express out more. Are you good with those this week? This month? This lifetime? (laughs) Good. I'm going to close with a quote, but I'm not going to do... me. Hold on, hold on. But then we're going to do a prayer shawl blessing after that. So you guys can relax for a moment. The quote is from Ernest Holmes from The Science of Mind. He says, There is nothing in the universal order that denies the individual's good or self-expression so long as such self-expression does not contradict the general good, that means everybody else's or other people's, and does not contradict, capital G, goodness itself. I'll I'll repeat that. There is nothing in the universe that denies the individual's good or self-expression, being who we are, as long as we don't contradict others' good or the whole idea of goodness itself. There is nothing in the universe that denies us the right to be happy if our happiness does not deny or interfere with the general good. The universe remains unlimited, though the whole world has suffered a sense of limitation. We are tapped into a world of infinite limitation. Infinite good, excuse me. (laughs) Time to find a new minister, I guess. No, I'm kidding. Don't. It sometimes seems in the human condition like it's infinite limitation, doesn't it? But that's not the capital T truth, and that's what we get called to look past. That's what we get called when we come out of our burrows. First, it's we're blinded by the light, right? But if we stay, if we don't run back and hide, we start to adapt to the light. We start to be able to see. So it looks like this overwhelming infinite limitation or shadow or whatever finally turns out to be the light itself, if we can look past it. So that's why I invite you to do this week is look past that. One of the great gifts that we do as a community is that we have a group of, of wonderful people. I want to say ladies, but I'm not sure if... Are they all ladies? At the moment? At the moment. Who knit, crochet, whatever. People, yes. Prayer shawls. And prayer shawls are shawls that are made in love. Come on up, our prayer shawl team. Come on up. These shawls that are knit in love. I know Ann Abishan was here earlier. She must be in with the kids or something. And so <clears throat> I brought my own prayer shawl that was given to me almost a year ago. What My installation by this wonderful team. There's Ann. Hi. I wear this almost every morning when I'm doing my morning meditation and prayer. Wore it this morning. Not quite like this. I usually wrap myself around it. And there are these wonderful prayer shawls that they've assembled you know, and completed. And we do a regular, about every quarter or so, blessing of these. And so we're going to bless, and I would invite you to join me in consciousness as we just infuse these prayer shawls with love to whoever they go to. And they go to people oftentimes who are in need of some love in their lives at the moment. They're feeling a little bit out of sorts. They go to people who are... Who are coming out of their burrows in some way or another to help with that transition. So if you'll join me, I'm going to say a little bit of a blessing on these and just join me in your consciousness and just love these prayer shawls and each person who receives them is touched by this love. 
And so I simply know that the universe is love. Everything in the universe is love. Wholeness, peace, health, order, harmony. And so each of these shawls then is already that, and we just simply allow ourselves to be aware of that, allow that energy to vibrate in every single thread of these. And as these threads wrap themselves around the jewels that they will be given to, they simply reflect and vibrate that energy of our love and our belief in their wholeness. And they experience it. They may not even know why or how, but it infuses deep into their own selves and their own beingness. And so in gratitude for these wonderful gifts of love that have been assembled with love, are blessed by our community with love, and are sent out to reflect that love into the universe. I'm so grateful, and I know it is so. So it is. So today in the dining room, we talked about um, compliments and how you receive one and how you can like tell where they're coming from, like the sincerity. And then we made fortune tellers, um, and we wrote self-affirmations on them. So that if we need an affirmation, we can just use a fortune teller. <laughs>